0: World, and welcome back to another episode of the Let's Talk Audio Podcast. Woohoo! So, on today's episode, we have the wonderful, the fabulous, the arts multifaceted enthusiast Destiny Carter, better known as D Nasty. She is a musician, a DJ, and a sound engineer, and we had a really great time talking. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to find me on my website at beatsinabottle.com to keep up with all things me and the podcast. And without further ado, we're going to get straight into this episode. you before then were you not in kentucky
1: i was in kentucky but i've traveled a bit i'm born and raised in louisville i left for school still in kentucky but in a different city does that make sense it's
0: louisville louisville
1: yeah we say louisville (laughs) louisville
0: i was like global i'm like trying to like picture a map in my head i'm like i don't think i've ever seen Louisville. and i was like i was pretty well acquainted with kentucky like i knew yeah and i was like where the hell
1: is this <laughs> yeah that's how we like we say someone who's not from louisville They're like louisville louisville and i'm like who is that <laughs> like, i'm from louisville <laughs> We don't pronounce any syllable in it. Okay, It's like uh, someone told me it's like you like gurgle like something in your mouth. You're like, wah, wah. Like, it's just like you just <laughs> pronounce every other word. He <laughs> Like was like, where is that? <laughs> I, I was really
0: trying and I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, I don't know what the hell this is. I saw your
1: face too. I was like, I need to explain. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, I was born and raised in Louisville and then I went to Lexington, which is not it's like a hop, skip and a jump away. I did a couple, like, years of study abroad in Costa Rica, and then I studied in Spain for a bit. So, and I'm back home, but I'm, like, really looking into just, like, traveling a bit of, like, the U.S., because I love to travel. Like, I feel like I'm not an advocate for traveling, but I just encourage people to travel just to be immersed into another culture that's different in your own, or just one that, like, you can learn so many things from, like, many different people. So, yeah, I'm back home, which has been, like, new. I haven't been home since I was, like, 18 so it's definitely it's a new new experience it's like all over again
0: i get that yeah i moved away when i was like 21 i think 20 2021 i moved away i moved to austin how
1: old are you now
0: i just turned 29 yesterday
1: yes you look great. I was about to say I did not I thought I'm twenty three, so everyone says I look like I'm thirteen. I don't know Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know but like, like I didn't know what I was about
0: to say, but thirteen was not it. I was like, <laughs> What? Oh
1: no, okay, well I usually have like my hair up um, I tried today. But I usually have like my hair and a ponytail and I'm in like my jeans and like t shirt, everyone's like, Oh my god, so you just got out of high school and I'm like no <laughs> and it's the thing is like because i work with kids too like i I like nanny a little bit and they see me as like adults and i'm like that's crazy i'm not a real adult but i like think about it like yes i am and i like tell them things and like they probably think i'm crazy like i was telling them how in schools we didn't have tablets we had to like wheel in a tv and they're like you're old and i was like i'm not old <laughs> Like, oh we just don't we, like we grew up with technology it's different. <laughs> it
0: is different It's different when i was subbing the kids were like that too they're like oh my god you remember vhs tapes and i'm like really guys <laughs> really it go bring that up <laughs> okay you know, and they're like, and and you didn't have music downloaded <laughs> on your on your phone, like like everything was because like, everything's streaming now, right? Like, who's buying and downloading? I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, people still do it. You should because it gives the artist more money in the long run. But, right? We
1: should, we should.
0: So, <laughs> but you know, most people are streaming things nowadays, and so I was talking about how I had an iPod that I had worn off the radio randomly, and they were like, "You,
1: yes." You,
0: ipod off the radio and i was like yeah and i and my off family the radio? Was <laughs> and I was like, my parents and my family like for birthday presents and stuff they'd always buy me these itunes gift cards so i can download music and they're like you downloaded music and they said it like it's so disgusting and i'm like yeah i even made mixed cds too for the car and they were like oh like it was just it was so ridiculous like, you guys it was not that long ago i'm gonna need you to calm down like calm down I think all of this stuff is just so funny I think all of it is just hilarious and I love it I love it so much because I can't not laugh at it like
1: right it's really funny though I don't know I
0: just feel like if you take it a little too seriously you're going crazy you're going to go crazy because we're all going to be older whether you like it or not like you can't stay 25 forever you know like get over it you gotta embrace it again nothing that that has do with audio (laughs) Yeah,
1: so this is my life,
0: but this is also my brain, so
1: have fun Same with that. Same, though. It's, we're going to make it back, and it's all going to correspond, and then the end, shebang. Like, it's going to... Um. Okay. No one really has sat down with me and taught me of, like, how to keep my finances in order, especially when, like, you're freelancing in music. It's always seen as, like, starving artist kind of thing, and it's uh-huh. like, you just accept it that you're going to have to have, like, multiple outlets for like your finances and just multiple incomes it's never seen as like how do you take everything that you have and like organize it in a way that like you can be a freelancer and not feel like you're giving like something up Mm -hmm. because that's like the biggest thing in working for myself currently because I've never worked for myself I've only ever been in school and now I'm like I wish I had like music classes that also taught me how to like live as a musician (laughs) just like just to live and just to like (laughs) Buy things and just to like how to I don't know organize my finances in a way. I feel like that's not shown anywhere in the music industry. It's like mostly just like how to get your music out there and yep. kind of like marketing and things like that. But not just, just like existing or like mental health for freelancers and stuff like that. I feel like it's really cool. Yeah, no, I totally,
0: I totally get that. Um, I think that's like for me, like one of the reasons why I really struggled with in the beginning because I mean I've for more or less I've been a freelance sound engineer for about ten years. Okay. And in that ten years, I was also in school and I had to pay for me to pay for me to go to college. Like I like wasn't just out here in these streets with free money, you know? And so I had to work myself to school as well. And in all of that, I I looked back at my taxes so I didn't understand how much money I was truly making and I didn't understand where my money was truly going because I didn't, I didn't sit down and look at any of that. I didn't know that that was really that important. I was just like, well, if you got money in your savings and that's the indicator that you're doing well. And so that was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. That is one of the ways to be a good indicator, but it's not the only way to be a good indicator. There's there's multiple other Right, bullet points that also are a good indicator of how well your finances is. And I've always been really good at saving. I am really good at putting money aside to save, but then when, you know, but when you only have, like, you know, $500 and then, you know, you get into a car accident and now you don't have a vehicle, that $500 goes really quickly, right? So it's stuff like that. And so, but if I had, for example, like, learned about investing better. If I had learned about the different ways to take advantage in your taxes for that way, you don't have to pay as much in your taxes because there are things that are tax write offable for being, you know, doing certain things that are a part of your business, like stuff like that. I would have been like "Ah, magic, but I didn't know that. Right. And so sign me up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it's
0: it's one of those days where you're just like, the world. no
1: that makes sense so that's I don't know but now that I'm in charge of all of this yeah and that's such a like essential part of just like what we do just like as creatives and I feel like that's I just I'm totally I'm just agreeing with everything you're saying like I love that <laughs> yeah no I, I mean like I'm
0: just amazed I'm like please tell me more I I mean I don't I wouldn't say that I'm like an expert or anything like that but I do think that is something that I've been putting a lot of thought into because I look back and I'm
1: like yeah college i went into debt for you and you don't want to get like half your life too i don't want to get like half of my life and like realize that or like because like like i said i'm still pretty young and like it's i'm glad like you're saying this now too like oh i probably wouldn't have thought about that forever either like unless someone has like set me down to like actually hold that conversation
0: yeah i wish i knew more about it (laughs) i wish i knew more about it so i could tell people about it but i i also am not a finance person so why Okay, so here's here's something that I do wanna know, okay? To try to yes yeah, backtrack. I wanna backtrack a second. Before you were talking about how you don't know a lot about finances and with audio, but you mostly learn about marketing and stuff like that. So when you were in school, what okay, because I'm gonna clarify because when I was in college Part of the program was that we did learn about business because it was built into some of the classes. So I did learn about like accounting and like economics on both macro and microeconomics. So on a large scale and in, in a smaller setting. So I do have a very basic understanding of getting into the world of finances. Or just, you know, your money in general. So did you like, so what was your program that you did then that it didn't have any of that attached to it?
1: It had, so arts administration was what I did in my undergrad and it had a financial management section. Okay. But because it was mostly geared towards nonprofits and like art businesses, but mostly in like the nonprofit spectrum, it was mostly with like, uh, fundraising and like collecting money rather than just like doing everything from profit and it wasn't seen as like I guess you can use like the terminology of like learning about your assets and like things like that you can use it towards like your personal experiences but a lot of the things that I learned was geared mostly towards like collecting money and like the fundraising aspect like running a business rather than taking that and applying it to like some like my personal endeavors of like freelancing and like producing and sound engineering because like most of the things of like that I've been able to do that has been like word of mouth or it's been like I know someone who knows someone who's put me in connection it hasn't been like I've been through a company or I've been through like a separate entity that's really like taking care of that so I guess that's kind of like the only difference but I was able to learn about finances but I think it I think it is really important to have like you know, I've been a musician all my life. I've been in band. I've taken like band classes of like having, including that aspect, like the financial aspect of just like being a creative and being a musician into like those classes as well, or just having like corresponding classes that people can take in college or see online of just like investing and in, like kind of the things that you were talking about. Because I feel like it hasn't really been like touched on and like main in a mainstream way in a mainstream way. I guess.
0: Got you. Got you. Oh, just as like a fun recommendation in case you care to read books. I don't know. Not everybody's a book reader and that's fine. But there is a book yeah, that I, I read that read. was <laughs> super, super nice. It's called Investing 101. It's by, let me, let me pull it up right quick while I'm over here telling you about it. Put me on.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay.
0: Yeah. Here it is. Okay. It's called Investing 101 from stocks and bonds to ETFs. It's, uh, essential primer on building a profitable portfolio that's the name of it it's by michelle kagan Ooh, i see it so i actually own this book and i reference it pretty regularly when i'm trying to like understand it also does a really good job of breaking down in my opinion because not everybody thinks the same way so it might not work for everyone but in my opinion it did a really great job with helping break down some of the larger concepts and terminology. Because a huge part of finances is understanding terminology. And once you get that part down, then you're like, ah. So, Investing 101 oh, is, this is really nothing. <laughs> so, Investing 101 is really great. And then there's another one called uh, The Stock Market 101. Yes. Okay. And it's like this whole series of, like, 101 books. But they're pretty stinking cool, in my opinion. And they've been very helpful to me.
1: I'm going to check this out i definitely need to consider because i was actually talking to like my family about it i was like we need to start investing in just stocks in general like i feel like that's something that isn't talked about within like black and brown communities as much and i'm like we can invest as well and like the thing is because you're sitting on something like it's not instant it's like you know you're you're at least gonna have something like not to fall back on but you know that like it's gonna be beneficial over time yes Absolutely. And you know that there's something that you can leave, like not just for yourself, but like something for your kids and your kids' kids, which I really feel like is really important to like generate wealth, like generational wealth, which is like not as prominent for us depending on our situation. So I love that. Thank you so much. There's also another book that I read called Personal
0: Finance, so Personal Finance 101. Like I said, I like reading. I like trying to figure things out for myself. Yeah. And so that's another book that I read. Those three were really great for helping i'm gonna look into it i have them saved in my amazon list i agree with that i feel like there is a lot about personal finances and building wealth that first off i think as creatives in general people don't know a ton about because people do kind of view us view us and themselves as starving artists and you're just like oh you're just going to starve your way through and it's like it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be like that I mean, yeah. don't be me wrong. You do have to put in effort to make sure that it doesn't happen, but it doesn't mean that you have to be that way for forever. It might be like a little bit. Like, I mean, it's kind of like when you graduate college, you don't, I mean, even if you have a job instantly out of college, you, you still have to wait a solid three months to get that paycheck to get it to be right. where it needs to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's, to me, it's just, it's, it's unnecessary to, to be in that world, but also like, I think that, As a result of not having a clear understanding of it all, people just become complacent in it. Shy away from it. And then the next thing you know, it's all about the living paycheck to paycheck thing. And then it's like, well, you know, I have this place and maybe it went somewhere, maybe it didn't. And I know I don't know. I just I just think that there's that there's a, a certain level of similarities between minorities and how they view finances and creatives and how they also do finances.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like whatever you can like salvage or take what you can. And like we extend things like we are able to truly make like nickels and dimes last and like truly expand it and I do respect that too, but I also feel like we don't have to like the start like you said the starving artist mentality, it doesn't have to be that way if you're smart about like how you're allocating like your cash and like where you're putting your time and your effort into and just like learning how to budget i don't feel like anyone has ever showed me how to budget like it wasn't until i got older and i was like i gotta pay bills like i gotta like choose between going to the grocery store and like rent like no okay that like i feel like that should definitely be like something we. Have when we're like growing up and we're getting older and we're learning about life rather than just like being thrown into it. When you're like, oh, you're 18 now, here you go. And I'm just like, wait, whoa, whoa, you told me about this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember telling my mom that all the time. I remember every so often I would just be on the phone with her, I'm like, mom, you didn't tell me about this when I was a kid. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, uh, sweetie, uh, how many did you get that I one told- together? <laughs> how many did you get together? I'm going to need you to get that one together because I did tell you. I'm pretty sure she did. I just didn't listen. That
1: too. That part. And I feel like it's also just, I think it's really important to let kids be kids. And like, I didn't get like an allowance or anything, but having like kids, no, my mama was like, you're not going to get money for good grades for cleaning the house. This is your responsibility. <laughs> okay. I it was only me. My mom did the same thing to us. I think we got
0: allowances once. We got an allowance <laughs> yeah. And we were, like, in elementary school. And my mom was like, all right, I'm going to give you a quarter for getting A's. And then she was like, you know what? I ain't doing this shit. You're supposed to have a straight A's because you're supposed to have good grades. And then she gave up on it after, like, I think, like, one year.
1: And then we never
0: had, like, a real allowance. Now, if we wanted to go out, we could ask her. And she might give us money, depending on, you know, how she felt. (laughs) Situation. Right, (laughs) right. But most of the time, no, there was no allowance. There was no then we got old enough she said well you know
1: you can get a job and then i got money for the first time i didn't know what to do i was like oh my goodness i got a bank account like, like it was over it was over so dark okay so we should probably do
0: some of that stuff you know where yeah. we should probably talk about you some more i'm ready <laughs> i'm i usually do a separate intro for people because these interviews kind of just start with us talking (laughs) because I don't know I found that it works the best for me and for most people but what I would like to know as an official formal question (laughs) is how did you come into the world of audio like how did you get started with all of this because I know you talked about doing I let me rephrase that I read online because I super tried to research you (laughs) that you were playing the trombone in school yes before and then you are a dj and you write music and you're doing all this stuff so then how did you gravitate from literally being like a musical artist i'm playing instruments into the world of like
1: audio it was actually fairly recent like i've only been audio for about like a year and a half it was actually after my undergrad i applied to berkeley valencia and i wanted to get like more i thought i was gonna go in and strictly just do engineering because i was like i need to Have all of the aspects of music. Like, I've been able to do like the playing side and I've been able to do like the business side. And I was like, I need to know the audio side. So it was kind of like, I don't want to say a whim because I feel like everything happens for a reason, but like I got into audio because I was like, oh, I want something different. And I really gravitated toward like sound engineering and DJing and just like live performing in general. So yeah, it's been a very, very recent thing for me. I love it so far. (laughs) Awesome. So, okay, what? What do you mean the business side? I'm sorry, that distracted me. I had a different question. What do you mean by that? So like arts administration, it was basically in my undergrad, it was like the business of the arts. So we learned how to market for businesses for ourselves. There was like an entrepreneurship uh, courses. There was manage it, marketing, finances. It's just basically the business aspect of just running an arts business or like oh, okay. an arts organization. And you can cater it towards your own. So I had my focus was in music since I was doing trombone at the time. But there were people who had a focus in uh, visual art and dance. Just basically just doing any arts organization. Gotcha. So So this was at the University of
0: Kentucky, right? That's where that was, if I remember correctly? Okay. Mm -hmm. So you left Kentucky and it was like, you know what? I'm going to go to
1: Spain. I'm going to go to Spain. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what happened. First, that's, 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 that's all I heard out of all It of was that. literally yeah. like after I graduated. <laughs> no, legit. Like after I graduated, I, because I graduated in May and I mean, obviously I applied and stuff like early actually, I applied like October and I got to May. I was like, all right, I'm going to move out of my apartment. I'm going to put all my stuff in storage and go to Spain and learn the world of audio. <laughs>
0: So what made, so, so basically you were trying to cover all of the main
1: facets of being what in in the creative world? Yeah. Well, what really made me interested in it is like, I love just the live industry in general. And like, I thought I was going to do mostly like the organization of live festivals, but then I wanted to do more of like, instead of like the administration side, I was like, I want to get more into like the music side. And I've never seen myself, like, I love music and I love playing music, but like, being on stage and like the final product is never really what is like gravitated toward me. I've been more interested in like kind of like the behind the scenes, which is where arts and men, like I found my love, but it wasn't until like later until my undergrad career that I was like, I really want to dabble into audio and just like setting up microphones and just getting like live music and just learning about the live industry in general. Just like the more the audio side of like the live industry. So what do you do audio related
0: now then? Like, are you like, I mean, pre-Rona, right? Because Pre-Rona, yeah. yeah. Rona. So are you like trying to be like, like, were you trying to work towards being a live sound engineer or were you more trying to do like recording studios or like a
1: systems tech for festivals? Like what what
0: was going on? So
1: pre-Rona, I really wanted to be a front of house engineer. I really wanted to just stick with live engineering which is what my dissertation was when I like went to school but you know with COVID and everything like as I was learning and actually like getting more work on the boards it's like we all went home <laughs> and then I came here and I like dabbled a little bit in like churches and like running just like services but then most of the churches started closing down and they didn't have like a lot of people so I was like ah. so i have strictly now just been doing like DJing and I've kind of been Getting more into editing and mixing, just of like kind of honing my skills there, so I don't seem like completely out of the loop when everything opens up again. Yeah, but I'm still like I said, I'm still fairly new, so it's like I'm in this lull stage of just learning and taking in the information that I've learned and being able to apply it. And the only way that I see fit, which is right now, of just doing like mixing and editing. I've been editing podcasts and recording for Peeps. So that's like the closest thing that I've been doing in terms of audio, just like helping. I've had friends who've like started their podcast and like, I don't know how to record what to do. And I'm like, let me please set up for you. Like this is all I want to (laughs) do. That's fun. That's cool. That's, that's an interesting.
0: Wait, so did you finish college?
1: I did finish. Okay. finished. Yeah. We finished online. So it was basically like, okay. When, yeah, when I was, I'm, <laughs> I'm not setting this up well, but when, so when we were in Spain, COVID, we kind of had like the lockdown and stuff early. So it was actually around like this time last year that it was really hitting Europe and right. like everything had to shut down. So I was in Spain. I was supposed to be in Spain from August until May, but it ended up until like August until like March. And then we finished everything online and I graduated online and did all that. Gotcha. I
0: was about to be like, man, that sucks. If you didn't finish and got your piece of paper, I mean, nothing else. Oh no. Paper. Like, I would not be having that. I would have been like, y'all have to smell me was, my piece of paper. I'm going to need it. <laughs> I paid too much money not to have the paper. Like
1: yeah, my, my diploma
0: <laughs> is on display in the living room. I'm not going to lie. I super did it on purpose because I mm-hmm. felt like I paid way I too that. much money for my piece of paper for nobody to see it. I'm going to need everybody to know. I got yes. a degree
1: and applied That's me college. currently. Thank you. I did it. Me right now. It's awesome. <laughs> Period. I love it. Hang it up. Get your praise. I'm looking for a frame because like they really tried to like oversell it. And like when I was at UK going to the bookstore, they was like, buy a frame. I'm, like, no, I'm not paying for this first frame. I'm going to go to I almost at Home Depot. What am I thinking of? Office Depot. So I also thinking to I was thinking of Home Depot. Get that. a frame that's actually going to work. So. You mentioned this
0: earlier, you talked on it a little bit, about ways in which that you're continuing to grow your craft during this pandemic is by, you know, getting more into recording and stuff like that, since you haven't been able to do live sound. But what are some other ways that you're kind of trying to, to continue to grow to be better at audio? I mean, are you doing like any of those webinars or, I don't know, different classes or stuff like that? Or-
1: yes, there's been so many webinars I've been going to. Yeah, there's so many resources that people are putting on Instagram now and having like just master classes. I've been reading a lot too. I am trying to get better at reading about audio because I'm not gonna lie, sometimes it's very extensive. Like I have to like go back and actually like like I'd rather have someone teach me and like do a little layman's because I feel like I process information by doing yeah I process more by doing so like to be able it's a definite shift in like what I'm used to which I think is getting me out of my comfort zone so it's making me kind of like go out and go to these master classes and meet more people as well as read a little more and I got sound on sound in my little my bookmarks always there (laughs) like always like trying to just like take in more information or just take in information whether it's like I'm eating or doing something, like having any downtime, like I wanna learn something new that I didn't previously learn the day before. That's fair. Sometimes it it'd be slipping, but <laughs> but I'm trying to be open just to like all any and all information. So what are some books that you've been reading? I have the live sound series. here, let me go get it. It's actually really big. it's like the generic live sound series books. I think let me see. Let me make sure I have the actual name. Yes, live sound reinforcement. Um, it's by Teddy Boyce. It's a huge book and like the chapters are very extensive, which I like, but he really, like, really digs deep into like your setup, kind of like the rooms that you're working with. Like it's not just like the equipment and like so much of like the mixing and like the getting things like sound in the way that you want, but it's also like working with like your environment. And I actually like how he puts it. Intro to Lifestyle Reinforcement. The science, the art, and the
0: practice. Is that what it's called? Okay. Yes. Yes. You know, I think I've seen this book and I thought about reading it. I'm a huge fan of reading.
1: I'm not a super fast reader, but I like reading when I can. Same. I don't, I think reading fast is overrated because every time I try to read fast, I don't process any of my information. Me so. <laughs> I don't know what I just read. Yeah. I'm of audiobooks for that exact
0: reason. I'm like, you know what? I'll listen to it. I'll listen to it. Yeah. You, I didn't get you into, into that. It? I can do it. But I don't think people make, like, audiobooks into audiobooks. For Audio for I audio. That for was, I was like, that was, that was really crappy. Because <laughs> I was like, it's audiobooks with audiobooks, but it wasn't... I was like, Bye. wow. Yet again. Well. But, but that's literally what they're all called. So it's like, what's the different term? I don't think people really read. I don't think people make audio books of technical books in general. Yeah. So I think textbooks in general don't usually get turned into audio books. And I feel like that's kind of unfortunate because I think more people would probably get a lot more out of textbooks if they did have an audio version of it where at the very least they could listen to it and read it at the same time. I know that sounds very like elementary school, but a lot of people process things better when they can see and hear it being said at the same time and then be able to take notes or understand what's being conveyed to them.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Because I feel like sometimes I get so wrapped in like the information that I'm consuming. They're like, I have to write everything down. I have to highlight. And I'm like, I'm not really like processing it the way that I want. But I'm also trying to get out of just like, classroom situations i've been in school for so long and that's just like the only way that i've been learning up until this point of like someone having to teach me so i'm like no i'm like teaching myself like i'm able to do this myself like i want to be able to like read it and like find out like what works for me as well but yeah okay so you were telling me about another book that you were reading that you
0: were super excited about
1: oh it was the music business book it's not about audio but it kind of ventures off into working on music business which I'm like trying to get back into so I don't lose it. It's all you need to know about the music business because I'm trying to correspond it with everything that I do of having like a system and I feel like it's really important to see where like audio and sound engineering works within the business of music because it's not really something that I had ever thought about. Cause it's like, I wear so many hats and I just really want to know how to like structure everything that I do as a business. So when I'm selling myself as an audio engineer, that I'm able to kind of like do that as well.
0: By Donald Pascoe? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Here, let me There's a newer version of it that has a blue cover. Yes. 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 It's a blue cover. I think the, I read this book. Did you like it? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I, this book was like new at the library, like a year or so ago. And I checked it out. I didn't get a chance to finish it because, again, slow reader, that whole thing. I had to end up returning it before I got a chance to finish it. Yeah. But the parts that I did get through were super thought-provoking. And I think yes. that's a large part of, like, book reading is to mm-hmm. just have new ideas and to think about what somebody else is saying. And I really enjoyed this book, actually. Yeah. Oh, my god. Yeah. Okay.
1: So- I couldn't agree more. That's about it. Do you have any other audiobooks you've been reading cuz I'm like I've been trying to get more into it cuz I like this is a very like recent thing. So I didn't know if you had any like hidden gems audiobooks. Yeah. Uh, it's like
0: no. <laughs> like, oh, I have them, I just oh, man, I'm so bad with titles. Oh, I don't know. I mean if it's too much it's
1: fine. You can no. message to me. It's
0: right here <laughs> behind me. I just have to get up. Give me one second. Okay. All right, I had a third book, but I don't know how to do with it right now. <laughs> so I'll just tell you these two. <laughs> so, one of them is called Live Reinforcements. Hmm. Just like this. It is by Scott Hunter Stark. It's a comprehensive guide to PA and music reinforcement systems and technology.
1: I wonder how much like different that is from the Teddy Boys one. Because your mine was Introduction. I don't know if this one was. But that's so cool. I'm about to like... This one doesn't say Introduction. But,
0: hey, I still think it's... I mean, even if books overlap, there's always still something to oh, be gained from them, in my grass opinion. Yeah. I
1: don't
0: care so much. And since I... Well, up until Rona, I was primarily in live sound anyway. So I was always just trying to find ways to be better at being a live sound engineer and to right. accomplish the that I had within that world. But anyways, so... I have this one, and then I also have Live Sound, an Operator's Handbook. This is the second edition. I think the second is the most newest one, but I can't remember if there's a third or not. It's by Bill Gibson. Bill
1: Gibson, I see him.
0: The Ultimate Live Sound. So this one's also been super cool. I feel like the thing that I like about both books is that they address the concepts a little bit differently, but it's in such a way that if I didn't quite understand what I was reading in one book, I had a better foundation when I read the second book. Ooh, okay. So it made the second book, even though they explained it a little bit differently, it filled in some of the gaps
1: yeah. that I might have had between the two. I love that, actually. Cause I think that's the biggest thing of, like, I think I said about reading the one that I have is having to go back and kind of, like, look up some things as well because it hasn't been able to fill in some of the gaps. That's why I didn't know, like, when I meant by introductory. I didn't know if it was like an introductory book into live sound or if they're like already like mentioned kind of like some layman's terms or some layman's vocabulary.
0: I think that it's sort of both. Okay. I think it's introductory in the sense of I think it's introductory in the sense that in case you don't know some things, it will give you a little bit of the information. Okay. So that way it's Establishes that we're on the same page. So these are the words, and this is what I mean by those words. It does that, and then it follows into now we're just going to use the terms because we've established. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That these are the words and what they mean. Gotcha. I love that. Okay, so that's kind of how I view it. I mean, some people might read that book and not view it at all the same. (laughs) We all have different backgrounds, and that's okay. Yeah. But I do think that no matter who you are, they are nice books to even just attempt to try to peruse through because I don't necessarily sit down and I didn't sit down and read them all through from beginning to end I didn't go cover to cover I went from like what is some information that I really want to know about right now yeah and then I went through that particular section read through what they had to say and then was like well what is how does that fill in with what I already know what I already think can I what can I do to make what I already know and think better and then because I don't think all books needs to be read like they're novels. Yeah. I think it's okay to read books in, in sections. Yeah,
1: 100%. That's also about manuals, too. Like, sometimes everyone's like, oh, just download the manual of your board. And I'm like, okay. And I'll go through it. And I'm like, "Uh, am I supposed to read it back to back? This is a manual. Everyone's like, yeah, just read the whole thing. And I'm like, ooh, maybe. <laughs> I'm like, it's, like, I don't think I've ever read, like, a car manual. Like, I don't think... I- Girl, it's like reading the Bible, okay? You just
0: choose a book and go with it, okay? You read the chapter and you get something out of it. You might, might not, it's okay. Like, you might have some verses. Somebody done told you some verses and you were like, I'm gonna read them verses, okay? Do you think people sit around reading Deuteronomy like that, okay? No! They went from Genesis and then they were like, ah! That's (laughs) I mean,
1: I'm just so like that's not- like, how <laughs> I view manuals, it's kinda like it's like reading the Bible. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna like use that analogy. <laughs> just like audiobooks. It's like you read the first chapter, then you skip through,
0: see what pops out. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm not even like joking. That's genuinely how I read books, like textbooks and stuff like that. Because if it doesn't pertain to you in that moment, you're you're not necessarily likely to remember it in a substantial way. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't prepare yourself for moments because you don't want to ever go into a situation unprepared. But at the same time, you yawned and you distracted me. I know. I'm, like, can't I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to yawn. That's my thought. I'm not yawning. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So you... You I think it's important to, to prepare as much as possible, but realistically you're not gonna know everything. And so you kinda just kinda have to take that in, in strides. And if one day you wake up and you're like, you know what, I really wanna expand my knowledge of compression, then you go and you find the sectional compression and you expand your knowledge. I just I, I think it's I just think that's a little more obtainable
1: than just right trying to be like i must cram everything read the whole thing and i feel like you learn so much by doing too like if just like being thrown into like your environments and like having those stressful situations of being like i'm not getting nothing out of this channel (laughs) like and just like being able to like work through it just like things that happen in an instant that you cannot plan for even if you try to plan for it like it's impossible (laughs)
0: What stemmed your love of festivals? You keep talking about festivals and I'm kind of like, but well, why festivals? Don't get me wrong. I love festivals, but why festivals for you?
1: I just think the environment of live music is so unique and it's so essence to like how we experience music now because we don't have a lot of tangible things to like hold on to. Like most of the ways we consume music is by streaming or is by like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a more personal kind of like experience because you're also filled in an environment where like everyone else is in this live situation and like the energy is there and i feel like the importance of like the live sound engineers also like manipulating and creating that experience as well not just like the people on stage because someone standing you know in nosebleeds versus someone in the center versus someone on the right is going to have completely different how sound is coming to them is going to be completely different but like their experience is going to be roughly the same And I think being able to manipulate that is so important and it's so interesting. And I just love that environment because I feel like we don't really get that a lot. Like I love CDs and getting records and like opening them and being able to touch them and being able to get like have my senses involved. But like otherwise, unless I'm like actively sitting in my room listening to music, like the average person also doesn't get that as well. If that makes any sense. Is that like? it does kind of
0: contextually, but i want to clarify something so you're using the term festival to mean like any sort of live event not explicitly
1: music music festival, festival. yes mm-hmm. yes so it's you're using
0: but this? It can also like oh <laughs> this is a lag okay hey. So I want to clarify, okay? Because I I think I'm, like, a little bit confused. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure I understand you correctly, okay? Mm -hmm. So you're using the term festival. Whenever you say festival, you mean any live event that's happening concert-wise. So whether that's, like, a musical, whether that's, Mm -hmm. you know, I went to go see the Bee Gees, or I was at, you know, that that club down the street and some local band was playing. You using festival to encompass all Mm -hmm. of those, Right not explicitly yes. Yes. I went to a music festival like oh I went down to Austin for ACL and we were at the music festival right like a whole festival mm-hmm. together
1: no I mean mostly just like live when I say festival yes it's like festival environment but I also mean just live okay okay music that's or live audio like, <laughs> that's what I yeah. thought I was like yeah she keeps saying it but I don't think we are on the same page
0: I understand now
1: okay oh okay. Well, yeah because like I also think what correction also on that though but live music outside is also very different than like if you're having it in like a venue too yeah and i think that's what the like what makes it kind of difficult like more difficult and that's why i kind of like it is because there's nothing for sound kind of like to bounce off of it's just like open gotcha okay yeah Got it. Okay.
0: Does that make yeah, sense? Sorry. That makes- I also talk super fast too. I know that. Like, no, you're fine. I just, I you kept saying festival, and I kept thinking like an actual music festival, like you know the the Moke Fest that they have, or like Burning Man, or you know yeah. Sound on Sound. I'm not Sound on mm-hmm. Sound. ACL Festival. I was thinking of like actual music <laughs> festivals. Oh, it sounds like had a festival, and I was like, <laughs> I mean, right? Wouldn't that be super cool? No, I was thinking that's what you meant. It's almost like, yeah. oh, so she's drawn to actual festivals, like real festivals, not like live concerts. Yeah, but but now I get it. So we're good. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to say. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, that's 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 a large reason why I ended up getting into live sound. I mean, I loved a lot of those aspects as well, because. It is so different like every day is a new experience to be had and every day is sort of like what's going to happen today yeah <laughs> what is
1: going to happen today
0: so, yeah no it's a ton of fun i mean it's hard but it's a
1: ton of fun there's also a lot of manual labor yeah. involved in too and so that yeah. part yeah i did not know how to be fit i know lifting was involved <laughs>
0: Oh much oh my gosh and like those tall Nobody me. you want to yes, wriggle from the dude. ceiling and you want me to do what okay yeah yeah my body got, can't do that when i first got <laughs> into myself go where? i was like i was like i can't even lift this and i figured <laughs> and i thought i was a pretty fit person before because mm-hmm. i did do sports for so long out of my life and a lot mm-hmm. of my life did revolve around you know being an athlete and and constantly being on the move, I was always moving. I'm always, ah, you know, it's joy of having so much energy. And yeah. So I was like, I was like, I'm totally prepared for like music with these giant speakers that I got to hang. Yeah, we could do this pushing stuff. No, no, it was a lot. That
1: is different. It is okay. <laughs> so different,
0: but it was fun and I enjoyed it. I remember mm-hmm. I did this. No, nope. I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> what? is your favorite show that you've been to Mm -hmm. for audio purposes yes (laughs) and what i don't know if you've Worked very many
1: live shows. Have you worked any really live shows? Since? I most of them was on like campus and school, but like I really didn't have a chance to with like the pandemic okay. and everything. Okay. Like and then like, like church services. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> no, they do. They like, do. Why? No, <laughs>
0: like, no, it's church counts, man. Church is effort too. No, I yeah. just my second question. Did it make sense if you hadn't really done? Okay, others. That's why I was like, wait, let me clarify. So then I'm gonna stick with it. What's been your favorite? show that you've been
1: to for audio purposes my favorite show that i've been to for audio purposes all right let me not do like my first reaction my first one was going to be solange because i've seen her in concert and some of the vocal like she's amazing she's incredible and like the range that she has. i felt like i was also i saw her at bonnaroo so it was like an outdoor situation which is why i didn't want to do it but like how she like filled a space to me was so wild. Like it was like, it wasn't boomy, which I think is really important for like kind of the stuff that she does, but I'm going to change it because I want to do something inside. I just thought about it. The best show that I've actually seen was George Clinton in Parliament. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of old soul was George Clinton. And I actually saw them locally. I saw them at Manchester Music studio which is here it's like manchester it's like a live venue that's um in kentucky it because it sounds like but it actually was pretty amazing because they don't have as big of like members of like a band that they used to like they used to have like huge not as big as earth went and fire or anything but like they had a lot of people on stage and i really liked the use of effects i don't know the sound engineer who did it i was just gonna see a show but like the use of effects that he did are most of like their rockish inspired songs. They have like a lot of like heavy guitar, with a lot of like their low brass as well. Which sometimes like guitars can be so boomy and just like kind of like I don't want to say corrupt. I can't think of like the adjective, but just like take over just like a space, like it's all you can kind of like hear and take in. And if there's a lot of compression on it too, it can be like kind of in your face and intimidating. But it was very subtle, and I think that's really important of like when I'm when I aspire to run live shows is like the use of effects as like an accent and not like as an overbearing kind of instance. And I think that's really important to live sound engineering of like listening and being able to like work with the musicians on stage and the communication between the two. I think that really can like make a a show. And I feel like this particular show was like very prominent of having like clear communication between like the musicians and the sound engineer. because so there's usually not a lot of time either. I imagine like, They're touring, this is not the guy that they have brought with them. This is just the person that like they have for that venue. Depends. It depends, yeah. Yeah, it was a great show, and I really loved how they were able to kind of like encapsulate that feeling.
0: Gosh, you said something earlier and I was gonna ask you about it and then I forgot. (laughs) Let
1: me try to Bill Clinton. George Clinton, not Bill Clinton. (laughs) 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 Not Bill Clinton. (laughs) Not,
0: Not Bill. No uh george couldn't no i don't remember so i probably means i shouldn't have asked you <laughs> It's okay. so before earlier in our conversation i was like before and i was trying to place a point it didn't matter <laughs> early in our conversation we were talking and you had talked about you know how important it is to have minorities being amplified and stuff like that so how has being a woman of color impacted you in your space of, I guess, even being a musician, but in audio as well? And I mean, even in the business side of audio, because I mean, that's a that's a whole other world as well. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's most of my experiences are a little different because they're mostly like school experiences. So everyone that I was working with was it was mostly like men. And it was mostly white men. Um, we're in a world of, <laughs> of audio. What? <Flat>. Um, <laughs> we're in a world of audio where it is a mostly white male dominated space. I feel like it at times I've had to kind of like state my dominance and kind of like stand up for myself of like, no, I have to be true in knowing the information that I know. Cause I felt like a lot of second guessing and a lot of like mansplaining sometimes, which I am new to audio. And I don't want to take like every instance of like, I want to learn new things and new information, but I felt like a lot of it was like intimidating at sometimes only because not seeing a lot of people who look like you you don't feel like you belong in that instance, but it also is so empowering. When you do meet other women who are in audio, especially women of color because it is a very tiny number, but I do think it is growing in a way, which is really like, exciting and it just like makes me so inspired just to like learn and then hopefully one day share everything that I learned Mm. as well um and kind of like inspire others too like being able to connect like the biggest thing that I wanted to really do was like it's crazy that I'm saying like I do want to learn more about audio too but I really want to like teach like middle Mm. schoolers as much as I love band I felt like if there was like another portion of like music that also included audio, it'd be so beneficial for middle school kids, high school kids, um, before going into college be like, Oh, this is something I want to do. I feel like if that was introduced at like a younger age, it would be, you would have more participants and you would have more people, especially like women of color that are also going to do it as well. So being able to make that connection, I think is really important. That's really interesting.
0: You and I have very similar ideas. Cause I mean, Maybe not necessarily middle schoolers. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I'll include middle schoolers.
1: <laughs> no, not middle schoolers. So they they don't.
0: They <laughs> no, I, I always had the same. I always had a very similar idea, except mine was to have a summer camp, and they would come Ooh. for a summer camp, and we would... It, it'd it be like... Okay, so did you ever see that movie on Disney Channel called Camp Rock? <gasps> yes. <gasps> <Okay. laughs> oh, my- <laughs> bad but like not cheesy <laughs> yes yes 100 uh, percent. let's start there absolutely <laughs> like not disney channel cheesy okay just yeah just just imagine that kind of a concept i always thought it'd be a really great idea to have something like that where you have kids from you know disenfranchised backgrounds or you know just different situations or i mean look not even just them i want regular kids to come regular kids you know kids whose parents will have money as well because i think that it's important yeah to have everybody everybody Mm -hmm. so that way people who come from different backgrounds aren't always just like oh well i know it's poor people and them rich folks over there you know Mm -hmm. because we got to know where we're all coming from okay to meet in a a healthy place but i always thought it'd be a really great idea to have a summer camp and then have a scholarship program for kids who would want to attend the camp who couldn't necessarily afford to attend the camp Mm -hmm. but i always thought it's a a great idea because i mean School is hard enough as it is, so having something to look forward to over the summer is always just nice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and 100%. then you go away for, like, you know, a few weeks or something. I don't know what the program would look like. But I just thought it would
1: be super cool to have something like that. So I hear you with that. Yeah. I think it would be a great idea. I think, like, Sound Girls has, like, some some summer camps or some type of youth In group or something like that and I think it's really cool but I was thinking of like reaching out to them and sitting like hey I think having like a touring live sound group to come to like different schools and everything and just being able to like connect to like a younger audience would be so important because I I feel like I didn't really understand until I got older of all the things that you can really do with audio and just as a musician in general because they don't really broadcast it's just like you can be a teacher or you can be a performer yep these are the only two things you can do and I felt like if yeah and I feel like if kids like if I knew in middle school that like live sound engineering was a thing maybe it wouldn't have taken me and I'm not saying it's taken me a long time to like get here because I'm still learning and everything you know but like I felt like just having like that information would have made everything kind of connect a little more of like not only with music but just of like my connection with music in general I feel like a baby bird in this like industry because <laughs> like I'm like yay I'm so excited and i like I'm excited to meet more people and to get more experience because it's just like I think all in all it's just like a great community and like everyone especially like the women that I've been in contact with that and I were so supportive we're just like yeah girl like go do your things I just like love meeting new people and like hearing what they have to say and just connecting with them in general I think is really important
0: yeah no, I get that. I mean, even though I've been doing audio for so long, for so long, so that long for as long as I have been, I definitely feel like I'm constantly in, in wants. I have a constant desire for wanting to constantly keep connecting with, with different people. And I don't want it to just be, Oh, I introduced my podcast and I never talked to you again. You know, like I would prefer that I like we stayed connected on a deeper level than that. Right. Because I don't know, I, but I, I'm also, I also understand that people, the older you get, the less inclined you are to make, like, friends, because you've already established your friends, so then you settle into your friend groups. That's a very common social thing that happens, so I guess that at the same time, And, and if you're not in constant contact with said person, it could be really easy for you to fall off with them, not because you disliked them or you had any sort of falling out, but just because... I don't see you all the time, so I'm not constantly reminded of you. Stuff happens, right. And we're not constantly talking. Therefore, when I finally think to talk to you, it's been like six months. Well, are we still talking after six months? I don't know. You know, if, if you if you didn't have that deep of a friendship before, you know, then is six months too much of a time and now we no longer talk? Like, you know what I mean? Six months is like three years for someone
1: you ain't seen in so long.
0: Exactly. So I I understand that desire and trying to strive for that. I think that's one of the reasons why I like my podcast and why I want the guests to also be able to do comebacks. Like at any point, if anybody's like, I want to be interviewed again. Just hit me up. I'll schedule you. We could talk again. I will yes. never shut you down, you know? And so I think that's part of it. That's why I encourage it. I think that's why I like being able to have conversations. Okay, so you told me right now that you were working yes. on this project that you did with a friend
1: Widow? Yes. Is it pronounced Widow? Um, Yes, her name, her government name is Woodland Sandville, but her artist name is Widow.
0: Her government (laughs) name?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) like, everyone's like, Widow? But like, her actually is Woodland, but like, she's, her, she goes by Widow. When we were in school, it's really funny how it happened. We had a, just a class that we could just work on just our music in general, and then we could show it as a final at the end of the year. And for this one, I wrote this for her. And we were able to, like, to co-produce it and everything. And it's finally been released. And it's crazy that we've been sitting on it for, like, a year. And I felt like I've, like, had this, like, baby. (laughs) Like, we haven't, like, showed it or, like, anything. And it, like, got released on the 25th of January. So it's a couple weeks. Still, still pretty new. But I love it. I've been telling everyone to check it out. That's super cool. So did you get a chance to record on it, too? Or just produce it? Yes. I actually did a little background vocals. I'm not known for my voice. I will say that right now. You will not be able to hear me. It's like a little, little ad libs. I felt like it was very fitting. And because I've been writing a lot, like I've always got, it was interested in songwriting, but never really felt like I had the time to really dip, like dive into it. Because I felt like if I'm a writer, I have to constantly be writing. But no, it's like being able to kind of like collab with people and being put in the space to just create is just inspired me to like write more and to like dive into some things that are out of my comfort zone so like this is like one of the first things that I felt like it has not just stayed in like my notes app or in like a book but it's like a tangible (laughs) like you know what I mean like sometimes you do things you're like it's just for me oh I get it like now it's like everyone can like anyone has like the ability to listen to it I'm like that's insane to think about
0: (laughs) so (laughs) let me get this straight you wrote it you did a little ad lib it in the back. Y'all produced it together, and you recorded it. Yes, man, out
1: here in these streets, doing it. Out here in these streets, and we had help too. Like, we had help with recording. Didn't really do a lot of like the mixing and the mastering, but we actually like recorded it in a classroom, which is crazy. Like, we did the first ones, and then we did her. I'm not thinking of I ad libs is coming to my mind. It's not the word that I want. Vocal dubs. I don't know why I was thinking at libs She did our vocal dubs at home because we actually had to do some of like the production meetings and stuff over the internet because it was COVID. So we actually did a lot of like the recordings that we did like in our own bedroom. So it was like we did it and then like put it together. Wow. So it was an interesting way to like collab. It was yeah. basically like a technically a COVID collab. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait wait, wait, what? I said COVID the lab. I don't like the sound okay. of that.
0: <laughs> I was thinking of the Postal Service. Do you know that band, the Postal Service? Wait, no. No? Oh, okay. So there's a band called the Postal Service. And they came out, like, I think it's, it's over 10 years ago now. But anyways, so uh-huh. if I remember correctly... I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, the reason why they named the band the Postal Service is because they were writing and mailing each other their music and stuff as they were doing it, as their way of being able to collab. And if I also remember correctly, they also kind of recorded it that way as well. So it'd be like one person would record in their studio and then they'd send it over and then the next person. So if I remember correctly, that's how the story of that band and their togetherness happened. Awesome. If I'm wrong, I didn't know that. Oh my Joe gosh! It past, but I think that's the story of it. So, oh, I won't quote you. Don't quote if you. But not even just the, you. That cool other people able to do that, other people out there in these streets will be listening. Don't at me, oh, okay? me, okay? Because I told you, <laughs> to my understanding that's what happened. I didn't say it was law, okay? I'm as <laughs> you will do your own Google research. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Do your own research, <laughs> but I think did that's not yeah. anything. So if, if if that story is true and accurate, that's what that that's what your story reminded me of. Yeah,
1: and that's awesome. I did not know that. That's really cool. That's super cool. And it honestly, wasn't as like there is something that's beautiful about like being in a studio environment because like things are quicker. Like I feel like some of the things that we had to do, like production wise, took a minute just because like we weren't in the same place it wasn't like oh you should do this cool ad-lib it was like no you have to wait until you get it sent back to you and then you'll send it back to her and then it's like I would record something because like I said I don't have a voice but like I have an ear like oh this would be a cool like ad-lib that you can do or something you can add to it and like I would send that to her so it was it was really interesting to be able to see like how connected you can be as like I want to say a force of just like just the different roles that you can have in music and how connected they are and necessarily like it is important to be together but it's just like if you have like the will to like do it and like to work together that you can like create things. yeah that's really cool i guess that yeah because i i feel like a lot of people and like you including myself have the mentality of like i have to be in like a studio to get like the desired outcome and it's like no i can be in the comforts of my own home like i don't need to like i don't have to have like crazy equipment which school does make you Think that you have oh, to? School, I mean, school makes you think you have to just because it's all you kind of see. It's like, yes, I got this because my tuition was paying for this. so like, You don't really think of it. And then when you leave school, you're like, oh, yeah, like that is money. Like I don't yeah. I have studio money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. And you're like, oh,
0: I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. We're going to buy the $100 version. Thank you.
1: 100%.
0: <laughs> so that leads me to wondering, what is your setup?
1: Uh, in your room then. i can actually show you right now it's kind of like all over the place okay i have my two speakers out in front of me like where my hands are you can't see my hands it's like over to the side they're like my studio monitors what are they got my little mic i think they're like they came with a kit like the e sonus the presonus number 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 yes presonus e 3.5
0: ah uh, babies the little babies i've seen those the little babies they're adorable yeah. i I actually kind of really wanted a pair i'm not gonna lie
1: they're actually not bad and that's the thing is like when i was buying equipment i was like i don't want to break the bank right now because i'm also not in like i'm I'm not in my home i don't have like my own place like i am yeah. with my grandparents so i don't want to like spend a bunch of money and setting up equipment and it's like you get a nice sound and if you can mix on these you can mix on anything that's like kind of what i feel like you don't need to have like any monitors with like crazy specs to be able to get like your desired outcome
0: exactly exactly i
1: completely agree so what's your beauty bit, mic um i am a classic sm57 i feel like sm57 gets so much like slack of being like oh it's not a mic you should use but like wait that's what you're using right now no but it's like my desired one that i use for vocals ah. right now i'm using a condenser the taz cam tm80 oh okay yeah also not bad i think it was like Maybe a hundred bucks? Cause I was like, a lot of mics are expensive. Yeah, they are.
0: So do you have the pre-sonus box as well? They're pre-sonus?
1: No. What's
0: their interface called?
1: I have a. I I know what you're talking about. I don't know what their interface is called. Cause it comes with like the bundle or something. Yeah. It's like the blue one. Yeah. I know I
0: the one you're talking
1: about. Called. So what do you have then if you don't have that one?
0: I have a focus rate. Oh. I did splurge
1: on a focus rate.
0: And everybody in uh, these
1: focus rights <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I did splurge on one it's nice I really like it like it's very easy to use I've never had any problems with it I did have an interface before it was like one of like a small one channel ones it was like super cheap it did not last me very long <laughs> did not. I was using it's it to record that. like trombone vocals and it it was fuzzy <laughs> like,
0: oh man that's so sad that's yeah. super sad.
1: Oh It was. But like, it also is important of like, you don't have to break the bank, but like also read up on your equipment. Because I feel like when I first got into audio, no one was like, read into the specs, read into the comments, read into everything to see what people are saying. Because it's like marketing just like anything else. Like people are trying to sell a product regardless of like how long it's going to last or like how durable it's going to be and how you're going to use it. And I was just like, I just want an interface that works without really like diving deeper so i'm glad that i got one that's good it's called the free Sonas audio box that's what i was
0: uh yeah yeah i think about that one
1: have you used one? Uh, uh-huh. i
0: used to have one did you like it yeah no it was great until there's something actually wrong with it okay i just wanted something different and i had the money to do it so i did it yeah <laughs> that's really all that happened i There was no, there was no like grand thing that happened. People were like, oh, why don't you use it anymore? Cause it sucks. And I was like, uh, that's dramatic. No, (laughs) I just, I woke up one day and I was like, you know, this Mo2 M2 looks interesting. I think I'm going to buy it. And that's what I did. And I bought it. So
1: yeah, I feel that. Like, like I said, I got everything in a bundle. Cause I was like, I need equipment. Cause I, I didn't have audio equipment once I graduated too. Like I went to school and I learned all this and I was like, I'm coming back home with literally
0: a piece of paper a piece of paper legit (laughs) and I
1: didn't even get the piece of paper it came like three months later so I was like I need to to get some equipment right now (laughs) yes no I mean I got it it's it's a cool interface
0: I I just went through a period where I was like you know what we're just gonna change some things up yeah so before I didn't have studio monitors I just had headphones because I was like you can survive life with just headphones Or you can Mm -hmm. survive with just monitors. Like, it's not a requirement to have both. And so I started off with what I could. And I had the audio box and I had the headphones. And then I had a basic MLX microphone. Mm. I was doing fine. Chilling. And then I was like, you know what? I got a little extra money. Because, you know, your girl's been working. She's been grinding out here in these streets. So
1: she was like, let's
0: do something. So I got me a Rhodes microphone. Because I've been doing a lot of research. And I really like the way that it sounds with my voice. I know a lot of people are out here like, I mean, is the is the best thing ever? And I'm like, yeah, you guys are kind of like a year late, but you know, it's fine. Uh, (laughs) Like, it's cool. I mean, it's it's actually been a little longer than a year, but I mean, it's closer to two years now, but same difference. The point is, yeah, is that Um, I wanted one for a really long time. So I finally got one and then I was like, you know, this M2 looks kind of cool. It'd be nice to have like a little, because it has a, a meter screen so you can like see you know your level one oh is it kind of like what is it the i was gonna say instead of it being like an led like with the dots on it yes it has like an actual like like the uv screen
1: and oh screen,
0: and it has like oh here's your little burp, 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 burp. oh that's cool
1: so it has like an I actual like,
0: like little bar that goes up and down on it like the actual screen and so i love uh, that yeah and so it's like super cool it's nice it does stuff that's all that matters i like it It. i mean like like any product you could point to something about it and say you know what i don't like this about it and i would prefer that they fix this but you know I, I just it was one of those things that i've always liked equipment and i've always like trying equipment out but you don't always have money to go out and buy equipment so Right.
1: And I feel like that also needs to talk, be talked about within the industry as well is like you don't have to have like everything under the sun to get your desired results. And you don't have to like break the bank either. Like you can start off with what you need and it's fine. Like you don't have to like go out trying to impress other people or go out and trying to like listen to what other people say. Like, oh, you need to get this most expensive microphone to do what you need to do. Like, no, if you're learning and you're like trying to figure out your thing, like get what you can and learn. I think working with the resources that you already have access to is
0: the biggest thing. Whatever you have access to, go with that. Don't, do it. Don't don't be trying to be out here in these streets going crazy. Look, that's not what GarageBand works. I know people like to hate on GarageBand, but GarageBand works. Yo, okay, it's yo. free. It came with your computer. You already paid. Thank for it. you. So much. Go, <laughs> it. go find some free programs. I Reaper has a free version for like thirty days. Yes. Go download that. You know,
1: I just, I just don't think it's necessary to like go insane with stuff. So What has your say? I definitely agree with that because I remember, like, I used to tell people I use GarageBand, or I used to be afraid to tell people that I use GarageBand to record because I would, like get, would get like so many weird faces, and I'm like, what? It's free. came <laughs> hey, with my computer, dang it. Okay. it's just
0: logic. in some ways uh i don't actually
1: use logic and i've never used logic so i can only say that to some degree it's i've started dabbling in it but it's basically the same it's like logic is like garage band's older cooler brother or whatever it's like it has a little more features it's like been out in the world for a bit (laughs) but they're basically they're the same family they're the same (laughs) Okay. So I think
0: my last question for you is if you have any advice that you would like to share with people. Cause I mean, even though you're new to this world, I still think that people, especially since you went through schooling to get through this versus some people who are like, I was just self taught. So you have a different perspective. So I think that that is valuable as well. So what advice, if any, you don't have to have any that you would share with the masses.
1: Yeah, I would say my biggest advice would be say yes to everything you can, like be open to like all possibilities. Like we have our final destination, but it doesn't mean that like the things that you do along the way don't correspond or correlate because they always do. And I think communicating, learning how to communicate and just be your most authentic self within the realm of audio is very important. I've seen a lot of like tech engineers and like live sound engineers kind of only be focused on their craft and like not really like trying to connect with like the musicians on stage, and like not trying to connect with like other people that they're working with. And I think in the industry, it goes a long way, just being like a genuine person and like being willing, just, just being a willing and open person rather than being so focused on like what you have going on right in front of you. Awesome.
0: It's a great and piece of be advice.
1: advice. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this with me today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was a fun time, and like I'm always around. Like I would, you said I can come back, so I'll be coming back. You can
0: email, me. I email.
1: Obviously, that's not where you email. <laughs> like Emails. So I don't. Anyway, who you emailing? Because
0: I don't know. I don't know why I did this. I, anyways, you have a great rest of your day, and I'm gonna go
1: find. I don't know. <laughs> I don't whoever i'm emailing up here okay just your emails (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much yeah you have a good day too it was so nice to talk to you like this is honestly a treat like i'm so glad that i've been able.